Hi everyone and thank you so much for tuning into Grow With Grief, a podcast that aims to make the uncomfortable comfortable and open up the conversations around grief and loss. My name is Katrina and together we will be hearing different stories from different people, how grief has impacted their life and what they've learned from it. And together we will create a community that normalizes the conversations around grief and loss. On today's episode, I'm speaking to Paige Smith, who at the age of 26 experienced loss through divorce. After almost five years of what she believed to be a happy marriage at the time, her world and the future she had been planning for changed in an instant. Through time and self-reflection, Paige can now see that she was within a toxic relationship and shares with so much honesty and grace of her journey of moving through her pain to a place where she is now thriving in life. Paige works as a welfare officer at a reputable university and also owns her own baking business called Purely Sweet by Paige. I honestly can't wait for you all to hear this conversation I shared with such a truly beautiful and humble soul. Hello Paige and thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm so excited to have you on and for you to share your story. Um, You're such a such a good friend of mine and your journey and what you've overcome and now what you've created in your life is so inspiring and I can't wait for you to share it with others. So just to give people who don't know who you are a little bit of a background, can you share your journey and your story um to where you are today okay hi by the way (laughs) thank you um first of all I couldn't do any of what I'm about to talk about without you you were a big part of it um so where I am today I guess it's really there's lots of different aspects of where I am today so first of all I guess I'm a support and well-being officer at a university um, I started off my career as a primary school teacher which I did absolutely love um, but I slowly shifted um, to more of kind of a general work in education when I worked for an education charity um, and I realized that I liked working with all ages of students and I really liked more of the pastoral side so that's when I looked into kind of going into more well-being and that's how I ended up at the university. Um, I think a little bit of background info about me, I am the eldest of three sisters, Um, we're all fairly similar I think, Um, I grew up quite religious so um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the religion that we follow and um, I guess that kind of directed a lot of my life in that um, I got married quite young, I got married at 21. Um, I've always loved baking and so um, that was something that I've done throughout my life but I guess what we'll talk about a little bit more is um, kind of my marriage didn't and well, it ended um, when I was 26, so um, not too long ago now. Um, and then since then, I've turned my love of baking into a bit of a side hustle. And I now produce, um, well, I now um, am the boss of Purely Sweet by Page, and I make vegan cakes and things so my life is kind of a little bit of a web but it's a really fun one (laughs) and your cakes for anybody in the UK that loves cakes you need to try Paige's cakes because the best thing about living when I lived in the UK and living down the road from you was that you always gave us samples (laughs) so (laughs) 
Um, so could you just briefly touch upon your previous marriage and what that was like? Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I met my, um, my husband in the church. Um, he actually, we have missionaries in our church and what happens is um, missionaries will go to an area that is not their home. It could be anywhere in the world. And he so happened to be um, placed in the area of the church that I attended. And so um, we initially kind of knew each other through that medium. And then after he'd finished his mission, because obviously uh, when they're on a mission, dating is off the cards um, when he finished his mission he came back and it was my 21st birthday party and um, we started dating from then and so we actually didn't have very long when we dated we we dated for a few months um, so this was in the April we got engaged in the August and then we were married the April after so when I say that out loud I'm like <gasps> but that is kind of um, it's not unusual in in the kind of sphere that I grew up in it's very normal to get married young and it's very normal to have quite a short amount of time dating and an engagement before you are married um at first it was fine there are a few things that you have to get used to and a few things that I noticed but I thought it was kind of the getting used to being married process and then it was um, just nearly our, our fifth anniversary when um, things ended. And that was quite abrupt. I didn't see it come in. And there was a lot of changes that happened over that, those five years to myself that I didn't realise until the kind of separation happened. And looking back, it was horrendous at the time. But... I'm so grateful for it and I, and I actually wouldn't change it now and so yeah it ended we separated in August 2018 so it's nearly been two years now and life is just really lovely now which I didn't expect <laughs> yeah and often when we experience something quite traumatic and painful mm. there's something called tra post-traumatic growth that mm. we actually come through it and we've learned so much about ourselves and whilst yeah. we obviously wouldn't wish that pain on anybody else and it would be nice if we didn't have to go through that pain we can mm. often feel grateful for what it's taught us about ourselves yeah definitely so true and I hadn't heard that term before but yeah that is definitely what has happened yeah and I've seen it within you um mm. I've seen the growth within you from when I first met you when you were still married to mm -hmm. where you are now and going through that whole process of getting divorced yeah. would you mind touching on the actual time between when he told you that you know he wanted to get a divorce and then actually getting the divorce what was that process like for you and how did it feel that part was probably the most difficult um i think that your brain does funny things when you've been through something quite traumatic and i'm sure it kind of goes across the board with traumatic events in, in that it, there's parts of what happened that i just cannot bring myself to remember like it's almost that it was erased from my memory and i can only think that that's because 
that's a protection mechanism that has happened because I can't go back to that feeling because it was so bad, which I'm grateful for. Um, and it does help not being able to feel those because I remember that it was an awful time, but it is weird in the same way because I just can't remember some things that happened. Um, but I do remember that we were at work <laughs> um, when when I sort of I sort of felt that something was off, and I remember I was getting upset at work, and we went and sat in the car and we had a chat, and that that week was kind of something was off and I didn't know what it was it kind of taken me by surprise um but there was a lot of what am I kind of thinking this isn't gonna happen like everything's fine it's just me overthinking because I am an overthinker um it's very much in my nature um and then it was the week after um that I received the phone call um and from being what I thought at the time was happily married to that phone call, which was probably the most devastating moment that I have been through because on in that phone call, I was told things that you just don't forget, things like um, we just got married because it was the next thing to do, things like you are not attractive, things like you are not loved, um so those you you can't forget and from being happily married your work my world just kind of crumbled and I remember walking in the building and you were in the office and I think it was I think I must have been in shock because I don't really I can't put into words the feelings and I just remember saying he's coming to pick me up it's he's just said this I don't know what to do and I remember shaking I remember you giving me a hug and then we kind of went home and had to go through this process of of me trying to fathom what had been going on um and it didn't make sense a lot of it didn't make sense and and I've learned through talking to people and through doing a lot of um soul searching really that the marriage that I was in I was blinded to how toxic it was. And during the time between separation and divorce, my ex-husband still had a real hold on me. And so I, I felt like I was made to feel like I was the problem. And looking back, I really wasn't. And it turned out that actually there was infidelity and that just was never um, mentioned. It was always put on me. And so the control that was held and the loss made the time between that um, separation and the divorce just really difficult. Um, I, I became, I don't really know what happened. I kind of shut down. There were, <laughs> you do just, you can't function. I didn't eat. I, I couldn't sleep because if, I, if the room was quiet, then I couldn't stand being with my own mind. I always, I was worried to be left alone because again, I didn't, I didn't want the thoughts to be alone with me. Um, and I think that is the time from, from kind of it being, okay, no, he's definitely leaving. He wants a divorce to 
becoming conscious again almost was a good was a good month or, or two i think um i i got kind of <laughs> i just kept talking and talking and talking and i'm not a person to really share or to really talk but i did and it all just came out <laughs> like all these different um worries concerns what's happened i think to be able to process it i just had to talk um and that's where my family i, I moved back home to my parents house um and they they were just my kind of scaffolding they became the people that really did hold me up because i feel like there wasn't i wasn't really a person i was just a shell and they they kind of were there throughout that time staying with me talking and they helped me to kind of start the process of thinking okay this has happened now what um because you don't really feel like there's something beyond your moment that you're in and they kind of guided me and helped me think about um taking each day at a time but bearing in mind that there are steps that we need to take like starting to file for divorce which is a whole new ball game that i didn't think i would have to learn but it was yeah i think that was probably the hardest time yeah and I think it's really important to know, and I know you've you used this word a few times, is loss. That grief yeah. and loss isn't just referring to a death of a person. It's something that is no more. It's something that ends. And for something that was part of your life for five years, a big part of your life, for that to then just vanish at the, you know, at one phone call. Yeah. It was must have been extremely confusing for you did you recognize that the way you were feeling was almost a grieving process in itself i think looking back yes um, because my experience of grief beforehand was quite minimal um and my understanding was quite limited because I had um, my great grandparents pass away and one who I was really close to. And so for me, that grief was very, um, well, that was grief. That kind of was the only time that you would maybe feel grief. Um, and I was really young when that happened. But looking back to the experience of yeah, losing my husband, I had to grieve a life that I thought I was going to have. And I think that that was a really eye-opening experience because you do think about the future together. That's all you think about. You, you say, when we do this, when we do that, when we get this, we're gonna be all this and that really. Um, and I did, we were, we were thinking about children within the next year or two. And so grieving, that kind of excitement which I'm, I'm really glad that we didn't now but at the time that was the next step that we were preparing for and the it wasn't just that I'd lost a husband I'd lost my entire additional family because you become a part 
of that family like the surname that you take on I didn't realize how how much effect it would have and how important a surname was I lost I felt like I also had to grieve and lose my identity because I had a name that didn't belong to me anymore but I still had to have that name so my surname it didn't feel like I was attached to it so I had to grieve kind of that as well and going back to my parents you feel like you have to start from the beginning again like you're 18 again and you're just starting out and you you grieve the independence you had and the routine that you had um just going home and putting on the tv and just chilling on the sofa together that that doesn't happen anymore and all of these things I had no idea were part or you could even grieve I didn't know that that could happen but I, I think I've been blessed in that I've not had to grieve in the way of of death I haven't lost many members of my family um, as I've been older and I don't know so I can't really compare anything and I don't think it does compare but this type of loss and grief is um different in its own right and something that i didn't think i'd experience but it, it does sound similar to when people describe their feelings of loss because it is you have lost a life that you expected kind of yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah it makes complete sense and yeah. you're you're so right in what um it actually, when you were saying about you're grieving and you're, you're losing this life where everything you talk about is we, you know, we're going to yeah. do this. This is what we're going to build <laughs> is quite similar to what my dad on episode three spoke about in regards to you spend this whole life together thinking of a, yourself as a we when in actual yes. fact, you've then got to learn how to think of yourself as an I. I need to learn how to do these things without any support. Um, which I had obviously support from my family but little things like that and even even little things that you don't think about like when you're at home and you want to open a jar and you just can't open that jar like you're by yourself and they're, they're just so trivial things that happen but they are they're reminders and, and it brings back all of those feelings like you you really you get really angry with that jam jar and you think <laughs> isn't just about me not opening the lid it's me having to learn to be so independent there isn't anybody else around and it's learning to cope with that and sit with those feelings and know that they're not nice but you grow from them and from your experience what has it taught you what is the biggest lesson that is given you I think there are so many. I think that's, it's a really big question. I think the, one of the best pieces of advice uh, was actually from my uncle um, at the time that everything happened. And actually my auntie as well, they both said the same thing. They both looked me in the eye and they were like, Paige, this has happened, now roll with it. And at the time I was like, I just don't understand. Like my world has ended. This is, I'm not going to get past this. But I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is that without realizing each day you do get, you do make progress. 
and you don't realize you're making progress you feel like you're not making any you feel like maybe you make a little bit but then you come back two steps but actually in a week in a month it may be in a year you look back and you don't realize oh my goodness it's been a year look at where I've come and I think I've learned to look back positively rather than focus in the moment of grief and pain and think I'm not progressing I'm not doing well but to rather think just sit with these feelings roll with it because you're on this roller coaster that is life it's not gonna stop but when you've just come out of that feeling of pain look back and think okay that's another hard time that I've managed and look at where I've come and where you are now I think it's really trying to be positive about yourself and and kind to yourself and rolling with the punches that are gonna come (laughs) Um, and just sitting with the feelings and allowing them to happen That's probably a few there, isn't it? It's not really. <laughs> no, that's that's great. Everything you said, I think, is so important. And mm. it's true. Like life, unfortunately, gives us these situations and it's our decision on how we respond to them. And yeah. initially it can be hard. As you said, when your auntie and uncle first said those things to you, you were thinking, well, my world's just fallen apart. How, how can you say this to me? But as time goes on, it doesn't matter if it's a, not a massive leap. It's just a tiny, tiny little step that makes all the difference. So right, if somebody came to you now and asked you for advice, maybe they're going through a divorce themselves, what would your piece of advice be to them? And also, if somebody came to you because maybe their friend was going through something similar to you, what would your advice be to that person? I think it's funny, actually, because there was a, there was a lady that actually um, came into my family's life as a friend that has just been through a very similar experience. And my mum got in contact and was like, Paige, please just call her because she just reminds me of you. And what happened and where you were at and so that's become a very real thing of of trying to help somebody else there it's hard because when you hear somebody in the stages that you have been it does take you back and I think advice on anybody supporting somebody is to I think well, it's different. If you've been through something that you are supporting somebody with, you know that it's going to trigger certain feelings and give yourself the time and space and protect your feelings. If it gets too much, it's okay to just say, I'm going to call you back um, or we're going to talk about this again some other time. That's okay to do because you are still fragile. You're still getting the pieces back together. Um, supporting somebody that's going through a similar thing I think to be honest it's just telling them that this is the one one of the times in their life that they can be completely selfish you don't have to worry about um trying to please others in a time that you are completely broken because you just need to conserve your energy and you just need to focus on getting through 
the basics of each day, making sure that you look after your body, really, because your mind is is hurting and it doesn't help to have a body that's getting poorly with that. So I think doing the basics of trying to eat three meals, even if they're just snacks, trying to give yourself a bit of a routine, whether that is getting up at a certain time and making an effort to go downstairs, just trying to do those basic things. Um, I think in the in the longer term, if you are going through a divorce, it is really protecting yourself and knowing um, how to give yourself the strength. So for me, I had to cut all ties with my husband and his family because it was too painful to have to be in communication with his family because they all they wanted to do was help. And that was really good. But that wasn't helping me. And that was a time that I was selfish. And I was like, you are going to be sad that I'm going to cut off this communication. But I can't continue it and get better. So that was one of the ways that I protected myself was to cut off um, ties. And it's looking at, at those things that you can do to help, really. Um, I think for somebody supporting someone going through uh, a real loss or grief, it's it's difficult because I I talked to my family and they had a really hard time. Like I didn't realise the effect that I was having. Um, well, not necessarily me. They didn't blame anything on me, but the situation not only affected me but it affected my entire family. And I think it's, it's knowing that it takes a lot out of you to support somebody else. And so knowing that you, it's okay if, if it gets too much, um, you can take some time away, like take it in turns. I think my, my family took it in shifts to have a big, let me have a big offload and then one would go, one would come back. But knowing sometimes that, you will never be able to say anything to fix or to help or change the feelings. Sometimes you just need to sit with that person in that moment. Maybe you're not saying anything at all. You're literally just sat in the same space. And that's okay. You don't have to say anything profound. You don't have to say anything to fix it. Just let it be. Sometimes you just need a hug. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. It's so true. And I think that's something that is so important to let people know that you don't always have to have an answer. You don't always have to say something. And it can be so tempting. Like me and you are both people that don't like silence. It can be so yeah. tempting to try and fill that silence. Yes. But by filling it, you might actually cause more pain, more upset, because perhaps you say something that isn't very helpful yeah. And, or you kind of just say something for the sake of it and, and that person can yeah. tell. Yeah. So sitting with somebody is so important and I love that your family took it in shifts. I think that, <laughs> that you know, your family are absolutely wonderful and I know that through that time they were an absolute rock for you and they still are. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it is true, our pain can impact others and that's not to say it's a bad thing or that we're to blame or we should mm -hmm. condemn ourselves for that. 
but it is being aware as a supportive person and as that person's network that it is okay to take a step back yeah yeah I think my dad was was like honestly they've all been rocks but I've noticed that my dad um obviously men want to help and fix like that's stereotypically that's kind of a, a stereotype I guess but he would sometimes instead of talking he would do things so when when it's a difficult time and when i think things got too much for him he actually bless him he would go out and he would clean my car <laughs> and he would do it inside and out he would spend hours out there doing that um he would just do other things he, he would just look around so that maybe it wasn't being sat with me and chatting to me at that time, but he would look for other things and ways that would make me being that little bit easier. Maybe it was, it actually, it was a lot. He took my dog on a walk a lot. Um, yeah, he just did things and that can help and support as well because for me not to have to think, not only do I need to get dressed, but I need to take the dog on a walk was too much and my dog did need walking so that really helped and he probably doesn't even realize how much of a help that was but when you got in your car and I eventually can drive somewhere and it's so clean and it's got a lovely little air freshener like that made me smile in a time that I wasn't really smiling and so I think looking around for other ways that you can help as well is really helpful I love that you always have a clean car. Always. I remember yeah. your car always being clean. <laughs> That's my dad. <laughs> um, so can you talk a little bit? So now you've got your bakery business, which you call a side hustle, but it is absolutely, <laughs> you're smashing it out of the park. It is doing so well. And I'm so proud of you. Do you think without this experience and without going through this trauma and this divorce, you would have started this business no way no way at all I've always loved baking I've always made cakes but when I was married I was I was living for somebody else so my needs and my likes and wants were put on the back burner and then they eventually disappear because you become this person that's just there to please somebody else and with that process, I lost a lot of confidence. Um, I had zero confidence when, when everything happened. And the, one of the best things that I did in that time was say to myself, I am going to say yes to every opportunity that comes, within reason, obviously. <laughs> but... I needed that to get myself out of my comfort zone because that's how you grow in confidence. And it just so happened that I was talking about um, baking and, and being at home with my family. My, my dad is quite poorly. And so I used to make cakes and, and he would sit there with his fruit salad and not be able to have any of them. And so being at home after the divorce for those six months, um, gave me the idea and I started I already baked vegan anyway but I started using ingredients that he could have so my bakes became raw they became gluten-free they became sugar-free they became dairy-free um 
And so even the creation incubation period was after the divorce at home. And then as I said yes to opportunities, they, they were even traveling to America by myself. I never thought I'd get on a plane by myself. That was a massive step for me. Doing those things, I grew in confidence. And then I had a conversation with somebody who was eating some of the things that I'd made for my dad. They were like, Paige, you've just got to do it now. Just go for it. You've got to set up this business because they are just something else. And I was like, well, I'm saying yes to every opportunity. I am my own person now. Let's see what happens. And I am so happy that I did. Like, it's just so different now. And the business is growing really well. I've been on the radio. Like, I didn't even think I would ever do something like that. It's just unreal. So, yeah, it's been a crazy journey. I would not have done it if if I hadn't have been through that traumatic event. I really just wouldn't because this is my decision and my creation and I was allowed the space to realize that and to kind of take it forward yes to all of that I absolutely love the person and the woman and the friend that you have grown into you were already incredible before but the fact that you can see it now it it's absolutely amazing and what you're doing you know this business you you created really first of all to help your dad so he could enjoy tasty food and now we all get to enjoy that tasty food too (laughs) so I think it's wonderful that through everything and I know that it was a really really tough time for you I love that you've managed to find the happiness within yeah, and after definitely. it all. definitely so are there any you know last words of wisdom that you would like to share any last thoughts that you would like to share with with anybody listening right now if you're in kind of the absolute depths of not feeling like you can carry on, not feeling like there's a way out. I think knowing that there is, you won't believe it. You, some people will, oh, I feel like getting totes emotion. <laughs> like people will say it to you and you will not feel like there's a way out. I thought that, well, I was in a place where I didn't see any way out at all, no matter what people said. But sitting in that feeling and taking it literally minute by minute, you will get through it. It's, yeah, you just don't believe it, but you do. And then those minutes add up, the seconds add up, and you look back and you're like, I did this with support like you do definitely need to try and surround yourself with positive caring people like you were just a beacon of light in my life like the positivity that you brought and the support was unreal and having friends like you around me and having my family they help you through those seconds and minutes where you don't think you can carry on 
So just knowing that you can and knowing that it will get better or just telling yourself because if you don't believe it just just write it down on a piece of paper and stick it on your mirror or wherever you look just know that it passes and then you can just create something great really amazing, amazing. <laughs> i love you so much and i am so grateful for our friendship that i know you and that you came on and shared this because i know that it isn't easy and it takes courage to share share this kind of thing about your life so how can lastly how can people find you how can people find your business what is your instagram handle well my business handle is at purely sweet by page um i'm page smith so if you want to like follow along um, yeah but you can find me on twitter instagram and facebook and if you want to order any cakes then please pop by and have a look <laughs> i definitely think everyone should order because i can't they should take my share of cakes <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on honestly it was absolutely wonderful to talk to you and i know that there'll be people on here listening that will be able to take just massive amounts of hope and takeaways and everything from what you've said so thank you if you enjoyed listening to today's episode please don't forget to like share and subscribe i invite you to also come and be a part of the community by connecting with us on instagram at grow with grief before we go i want to take the time to thank you thank you for tuning in and being part of a community that opens conversation raises awareness and brings individual perspectives and stories to the forefront of a topic that is often avoided and treated as uncomfortable the conversations that we have may sometimes bring your own emotions memories and triggers to the surface and i want to encourage you to know that you are not alone if you or anyone you care for is in need of support please reach out to your local support line or if you are in Australia, you can contact Griefline by phone on 1300 845 745 who are available from midday to 3am every day.